Welcome to Gay Film 101. This week we're kicking off Pride Month with the 1995 documentary, The Celluloid Closet. Okay, Dallas, give me the IMDb description. I love these. What does it do for a documentary? I haven't even looked. Well, this one is also short. Although in doing research for some of the other ones this month, there's some not short ones. But this one is a documentary surveying the various Hollywood screen depictions of homosexuals and the attitudes behind them throughout the history of North American film. All right, this was released on February 5th, 1996, which was 27 years, four months, and five days ago. Thank you. You're welcome. Some things that happened on this day. British grocery chains stock the first genetically modified food to be sold in the country, which was a brand of tomato puree. The number one song in the U.S. was One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. And leading the box office was the Air Force action thriller Broken Arrow starring John Travolta and Christian Slater. So I don't know the song or that movie. I don't know the movie. I have heard of the song. Um, but I'm gay and it's Mariah Carey. So that would be why. Okay. So film is based on the 1981 book by Vito Russo called the celluloid closet homosexuality in the movies. It made $1.4 million of a limited release, which included the famous Castro theater in San Francisco, which is located in one of the more famous gay districts in the world. And it holds a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes based off 34 critic reviews and holds an 89% audience score. It was directed by Rob Epstein and Jeffrey Friedman, who did a documentary in 1990 called Common Threads, Stories from the Quilt, which was about victims of HIV and AIDS. And it won the Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. So this is, their, I believe, their second documentary. Uh, And it's narrated by actress Lily Tomlin, who, in my knowledge, was one of the first kind of openly gay comedians. Because there was a a big deal made when Ellen came out, obviously, in 97. But Lily Tomlin, as far as I know, was openly, like publicly open, even in the 70s. Has been with her wife for 50-some years. Um, But yes, Lily Tomlin. All right. So... I'm a dumbass and had to look up what celluloid meant, even though I've known about this movie for years at this point. Um, And it's what they used to make film out of, like actual film. Like it's a type of plastic. So the title makes sense. (laughs) Closet in the closet, celluloid film. (laughs) All right. Um, That's all the backstory I have on it, but I have a lot to say about it. And I don't know how articulate I'm going to be because I think we're going to be bouncing all over the place, but uh, probably, but uh, so basically this movie is a bunch of clips from films and it's kind of in chronological order starting in like the twenties about how, you know, gay people are depicted in film and kind of goes through the different like archetypes or stereotypes um which before we get into that ryan what is your first impression of this movie i love documentaries and this is my type of documentary because it has these clips so i'm able to not be bored really it's not just like if it was just the actors talking about it in the 90s talking about it that would bore me to death 
but it's here. Here's a clip is B-roll. We might talk over it. We might not, but we're going to play that. So you can kind of see what it was like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and then have a lot of these actors were still alive or directors, and then they could give their, share their experience on it. So just as a documentary, it's something that it doesn't matter the topic. This is something, this is my type of documentary. I don't like the ones where it's just people talking. Yeah. Lots of B-roll, which is good. My favorite one was the, uh, I didn't write his name down. Of course, the actor from Spartacus, um, I even forget. I forget who it was. But I think it was Spartacus. But the the scene that was cut with um, where he's taken as a manservant. Yeah. Wait, what's the term? Body servant, which is so funny. I love it. You will be my body servant. <laughs> like, okay, that means you're gonna have sex with him. I think he's your sex slave, basically. And the scene where he's washing him in the bath. I love that. I love that scene. But hearing act- an actor's perspective on that scene is so interesting. Uh, and I don't know if it was that it was the same actor it might have been a different movie but a similar movie where he was it was him and um oh god who's the he was in that Disney special we just watched what the hell's his name I have too many notes I can't find them oh god there's Spartacus okay all right I can't find it but oh Charlton Heston who is like kind of homophobic and like the screenwriter was gay and the screenwriter didn't want to tell him the subtext of the this scene. This is for Ben, ben Hur. Ben Hur. Yeah. Didn't want to tell him the subtext of the scene, but he told the other actor. <laughs> so the other actor was really playing it and it like comes off so well, even though Heston had no idea that, that was the subtext that they used to be boyfriends or lovers or whatever. Um, but that's a big part of, of, especially that era is hidden yeah, they said between the lines, like you had to. Really oh yeah, because you had to lines. get away with it because the code, and also because just the idea that people aren't going to watch a gay movie. So it's all about in the acting, um, and also like I love the idea of how, and it's true still to this day. Though I'm doing this podcast, how starved gay people are to see themselves and to see yeah. yes. And a movie that was we've already done was uh, had a great scene about that that we talked about, which was. Um, longtime companion when they're watching the soap opera with the gay kiss the supposed gay kiss i don't know if there's a kiss in the scene but it was just like a coming out scene and they were like i think there was a kiss because they all like freak out when they see it um, but like gathering around the tv to watch oh there's a gay person on a soap opera like, it's like yeah, i didn't write down people's names like the actors i talked but one of them said that they felt like a ghost oh, yeah. because they're not represented at all yeah and if you were represented it was um, like tragedy <laughs> like yeah and is it is a straight man like straight white man i'd never even thought of this until like later i'm not old but like later in my life it's not something i ever thought of was representation no ever. why would you like it's not yeah and it's not even like it's not a and it's not like gay people saying how dare you not why would you you don't you don't think of it when you're straight everything is straight so there's no the thing for me that I would relate to because like my weight have been like skinny, fat, all kind of stuff. Yeah. If like, hey, I'm in, I relate to this person that struggles with this, or if I struggle with whatever, I struggle with in anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff. I can relate on that, but I never thought of like my sexuality is anything because every character. <laughs> but I was saying that as like a straight man, I never thought of sexuality as anything. It was just not even part of the film I ever thought about. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just start at the beginning, Dallas. Let's just start at the beginning of this film. So okay. I didn't realize that in early film that gay representation was more accepted. It was just... Yeah, it was pre-code, which they talk about the Hayes Code. Yeah, they talk about the Hayes Code, but it was... What was it? This is, I don't... Like I said, I didn't write down who said it, but there was a time where men could show affection 
male to male affection became a criminal act. That's what like the Hays Code. Like you could not just be that macho man in early film, well, whether if it was gay or not, you could touch another guy and you could be sympathetic. You didn't have to be this. Well, it's it's toxic masculinity that wasn't really present in film. I mean, even like the early um, comedy stars, like not so much Chaplin, but Buster Keaton, especially like they looked feminine. Like they had feminine, a feminine look to them. They were skinny, scrawny. They had beautiful faces, like gorgeous, pretty faces. Um, so not even sexuality based, just yeah. But they were, but it seemed like you mentioned Chaplin that when there was, they never like outwardly said this character is gay. At least no, as far as it I'm was aware. still hidden. But it, but it was more of like a joke, like the Chaplin thing with like the flamboyantly gay oh, guy miming. Thought it was like a woman or a man that Chaplin was kissing, and it was a woman. Yeah. But it was a joke at that time before the Hays Code. Yes. Well, and then that brings us to the one of the first archetypes, which is the sissy, which I love. I love when I'm watching a movie too. My my dad watches TCM, you know, Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. And there'll be this, you know, butler character, whatever that is so fucking gay. But like not sexually. It's almost like they're asexual beings. Yeah. Because, you know, and there's side characters, but like the one the movie they showed I loved was the stage manager. And it was just this, this bitchy <laughs> stage manager guy. And like, it's obviously different people had different feelings on it. Because on one side, it's like, at least they're showing gay people. Yeah. So it's representation. If it's yeah, the one perfect. actor that was in it was like, yeah, I love. Yeah. And then, well, and that's, that's Harvey Firestein. He's very big in the gay community. And he was in Mrs. Doubtfire and but uh and he and he says it like but that's how i act like that's who i am so it doesn't offend me like he was like i'm i'm a sissy um whereas they had the one gay writer who's like i hate sissies i hate the trope um and kind of comparing it to i forget what it was called but kind of a similar thing with the black community at that time like the stereotype character stock character but i personally i love it too i really do and I wrote down that quote. I'm trying to think what I put it down here. It was from the movie um, Merton Marge. And, and he, he just goes, well, big woman, I designed the costumes for the show, not the doors for the theater. Like just bitchy one-liner. Like I, I love it. I love that stereotype. And it was fun. I mean, yes, it was kind of, it's kind of offensive, but also it's, I, to this day, I love like gay side characters like that. We're just there to be assholes but again that was that's, the still, that's still a character that's still a character like that's still absolutely perfect now they're just openly gay right in the movie the tv show yeah because that's the thing it was coded we know they're gay because they look kind of feminine and they limp their wrists and they talk a certain way um but yeah i love the sissy era but yes the haze code comes in and basically states um, not just sexuality, but all these things are banned from movies. And um, I forget, was it se- is it sexual perversion? What was, there was a term used basically I don't have coded a- for gay no. or just, and sex, sexuality of any kind, yeah. like just sex in general was kind of frowned upon. Um, but I love when they talk about how stupid the people were like, they're like, these weren't scientists that created this code. Like they weren't watching everything. So and I loved the, I don't, I don't have it down, but the one that was like the cowboy with the guns. Montgomery Clift too. 
who was gay. They're like comparing guns and then they're like, I'm going to shoot this. You're going to shoot this. I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to shoot this. And it's so it was honestly hot to watch that scene it's like ooh, because think about it they don't gay people don't get anything they get nothing so even if that scene wasn't written which i think it definitely was but even if it wasn't written to be like that uh gay people are gonna like see it that way because they're so starved for something anything you know um but uh that was very funny and that's the other thing. A lot of the writers at this time were gay directors. The James Whale directed Frankenstein and all the sequels were, I mean, it was, it was known they were gay, like in circles. It just, it wasn't public, I guess. Um, Whale, I think was public, but like openly gay in the public. But the actors, no, of course not, which is so funny to, well, who's the actor they're talking about where it's Rock Hudson, where he's a straight guy, or he's playing a straight guy who's pretending to be gay <laughs> to get a woman. It's like, oh, this mind fucked up. Um, but yeah. So during this Hayes Code, though, it did seem that you could get away with some lesbian stuff. As they said, as long as like behind bars or like they were like the villain. Yeah, character. who's in prison. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to another trope, which I also love. Um, the gay villain trope, which... Uh, Later in the movie, there's a quote that's basically, um, this is more of the 80s, but still it applies, where if you, you know, gay characters were either the villain, the killer, or being killed, you know? Um, and I, the first scene they use it is interesting because it is, and I think I have other examples that I've thought of, but like the idea that gay people are like conniving and just want to like fuck everyone basically and like, that one scene where the woman's putting another woman under her spell but it's not it's not even direct it's not it's coded but it's obvious what it is um yeah the gay villain and then rope is a big one too which have you have you seen rope yeah um albert that's the fuck's his name oh my god alfred hitchcock the alfred alfred hitchcock movie which is another interesting one because a lot of the adaptations, like a lot of the movies are based on books where sexuality is more explicit, like the gay stuff basically is more explicit. But then obviously the movie versions get, you know, the studios and studio notes and all that, like take the gay out of it. But they, they whitewash it or whatever. Yeah. Yes. But it's still there. And because Rope is, a, it was based on a book about a true story about a gay couple that went on the country and murdered people like a serial killer couple. Um, but then of course the movie turns it into two college kids who are doing it for a project and kill their classmate for a project. Um, and then put them in a, put them in like a box that's under a table. And then they go through this whole dinner with a professor played by Jimmy Stewart, um, as their classmate is, you know, dead body is there. Um, but both, I don't know if both actors were, but one actor in the interview was gay in real life. And he, he knew, obviously knew it was about a gay couple. So even though it's not explicit in the script, you can tell, but, um, but yes, God, it's like a hundred degrees in the room I'm recording in. Oh my God, I'm dying. I have central air, so I'm fine. I mean, we have it downstairs, <laughs> not upstairs. So. Put it in yet. So we're in the fifties. So this is, I guess, when they were saying like seeming gay was as bad as being gay. We yes. mentioned Charleston Heston. Let's get into. It seemed they mentioned Dick Bogart, which I think he's sixties. He might be fifties. I'm not sure exactly his time period. Was he the first? I have a question mark. Was he the first gay movie star? I don't was it know. Rock was he the, well, 
I don't yeah, honestly who's Dick Bogard? See the British one? Yeah, the British one. Oh, that's right. Um I don't know. I know Rock Hudson was never out during his career. I don't think Dick Bogart was either. I don't think But he, he was, was playing out. gay characters, wasn't he? Yeah. But he had like his friend that or whatever, his I don't know. I don't know what he classified <laughs> him as, but his friend, roommate, whatever yeah. that he lived with for 50, 60 years. Right. But I don't think he was out publicly. I mean, from an American perspective, I think Rock Hudson is considered first but then it seemed like in the 60s the, the big trope that kind of lasted a while was that in film gay people were unhappy and suicidal yes the the gay is a tragic figure is being pitied um which one of the movies they use which i love is the children's hour which is shirley mclean and audrey hepburn and it's about two women who open a school and the kids like in the movie, the kids make a rumor that they're, they saw them like kissing or being too close to each other or whatever. Um, but I think the book, it's more explicit that the Shirley McLean character is in love with the other woman, um, which it's, again, it's super coded. Like even the scene they show, it's Shirley, Shirley McLean being like, oh, I'm so disgusted in myself and I've ruined your life and my life too. And all this stuff. And it's like, you haven't even done anything wrong with what? But I think that's because, again, when you try to adapt a, a movie from a book and you're, you know, changing it, what it is at its core, it's going to be confusing. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the, even the idea, the rumor that you're gay is going to ruin your life and no one, you're going to be a leper and no one's going to talk to you and you're not going to be able to have a career. And, that, and what I love that they talk about in this documentary is how important movies are to our lives, which I think is true, that we see like what you know, like we see things on screen and we just assume that that's life yeah. and if all we see is gay people killing themselves being ostracized not finding love being alone we're going to assume as a kid watching that and you realize you're gay that's what your future is um, which is why media like not just representation but how that representation um, is shown is important obviously yeah coming from the straight i can't relate to that but for me it's like if you don't look this certain way if you're not this like we're talking about true blood yeah on our last episode that if you don't look like this 12-pack guy you're just a loser nothing well, that, just, for and, a while yeah. film magazine everything tv you didn't look this I way mean, body could, image is a big thing and you could yeah. maybe be the funny friend if you weren't right super it, rich, but you were basically tell you what you are yeah you can't be the star. You can be the side character. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so much so that, you know, we have movies kind of parodying that. Like, um, like isn't that Rebel Wilson? Or isn't it romantic movie? Basically that where she like wakes up and she's the lead in the movie or whatever. The movie of her life. It's and like I always felt bad of... for like being a straight guy. I always felt bad for women because they'd be like, yeah, if, you're, if you don't have this perfect body, you think you're ugly. It'd be like the same thing for you. Being gay, like yep, yeah, these films yeah. say you're you're depressed and have no friends. Everyone hates you, mm-hmm. and that's that's what you feel. It's just stupid. Yeah, but we did get. I'll just skip forward. We get into the '70s and mm-hmm. a film that made me kind of want to see it. Based on this, I don't know if you have it on our list, but it was the 1970 film, The Boys in the Band. Oh, we will be watching that. Yeah, that's an important. Where movie. it takes a complete turn from that suicidal, where everyone's going to die to everyone lives. I love that. I don't know who it is that says it, but he's like, "Yeah, everyone survived." <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows a sense of camaraderie among yeah it it, it kind of introduces the idea which is a truth of gay life where um i mean it's still kind of is based in tragedy but a lot of gay people are often are, uh, ostracized by their families so they have to find family in you know a friend group and people who are you know like them and it was kind of the first time you saw that in a movie like a group of gay friends 
just kind of being bitchy to each other. But I mean, they didn't show everything about that movie. I have issues with that movie, but again, it's from 1970, but, um, and we'll get into it. So are those actors, we didn't really discuss, are those actors gay in that film? Because I know it's one of the things we don't usually talk about, but it's hard with the documentary. I know that I looked into it at one point. I can't remember. I know the writer is, and they interviewed him. Um, I think some are and some aren't. And again, it's hard to know at that time, you know, who was caused and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and what's interesting about all of that is this is pre-HIV, AIDS, like pandemic, you know, where, and the, tr- the trope like really ramps up with that in terms of, you know, gay people as um, tragic figures. Um, but it existed obviously before that. Then it seemed like in the, the rest of the 70s, it, there were mostly villains, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that, you just remember that scene with Michael Caine where he's shooting the, we would now say transgendered woman. And, and, and they interviewed the screenwriter for Philadelphia. And he's like, I don't know if it's him or if someone else, but he was talking about it. Someone was talking about it. And they said they were in a theater and the audience was cheering. Cheering that they were dying. <laughs> that this transgendered person was getting brutally murdered. Yes. And it's like, oh, God. Um, but yeah, and then my favorite, we will be doing cruising too, by the way. And because um, that was kind of the first big mainstream, like look into gay life. And of course, what is it? It's a seedy <laughs> leather murder bar place because it's Al Pacino as an undercover cop trying to track down the serial killer who's targeting gay men. Um, and so he goes undercover as a gay leather man into a leather bar. We put a pin and make a slight just tangent for two seconds. Mm-hmm. Did you see that Pacino is expecting a kid? No, he's and I, 80, I don't want to talk about that. He's That's 82 really years old. 82. And then Robert De Niro just had a kid. He's 79. So like they're competing, it seems like. De Niro has one at 79. Pacino's going to have one at 82 years old. It's so disgusting. Okay, it's, we can get back into this. I just wanted to... It's in the news. Absolutely disgusting. Um but anyway, I think a lot of people have a lot of differing thoughts on cruising because, I mean, it's a whole idea of you can't represent every aspect of gay life in one movie. And it's unfair to think a movie would do that. But it is kind of like, it's our first movie and, oh, it's, you know, gay leather bar. It's like, that's not, every, and, and now straight America thinks that that's every gay man, which is obviously it's not, <laughs> but, you know, hey, it's representation. Um, and I haven't, I honestly, I've seen scenes I haven't seen the whole movie um, but I think the whole thing is Pacino like starts having sex with men. I guess I don't. I don't know. He's like so undercover in this world, where he's like he starts hookups with men, but then because he's trying to find the killer, because I think he's trying to bait the killer type thing, because that the killer kills during hookups. I don't know. It's such a dark movie. We might do it for like Halloween. But anyway. So then we'll, we'll go into the 80s. Mm. I've never heard of this movie, but it was Making Love. Where they had all these warnings that looked like at the front uh, of the movie. Yeah. Which yeah. I've never seen anything like. It reminds me of the stupid Disney stuff now that I hate of like, hey, this movie might be offensive to some audiences. Yeah, but it's like, it's two differing sides of the coin though. Because like... I'd- I just don't like any of that stuff. It's just like, let the film speak for itself is my, I don't need. I know, but it wasn't like, oh, this might be offensive to gay people. It was, if your child is watching this, it's going to show gay people. Like, I know. That, I'm that just saying. The, that was the vibe. I know. I just, I'm just saying, I don't like warnings before a movie. I just don't. Um, Making Love is a huge film for me and we're definitely doing it at some point. And um, I really love that movie. I really, really love that movie. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of like, it was right before the AIDS pandemic too, when that movie came out. So do you think that the AIDS pandemic, because it seemed like in the 80s, they showed like a bunch of movies just using, I feel awkward being the straight person to say Dale, so I'll just let you say the word that most oh, 80s. Oh, fag. Movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that montage. Fag. It he was, was like every mainstream movie. Something. It's like, here's like Beverly Hills Cop. Here's this movie. Here's that movie. It was all like 80s. Well, you know what I love though? And it's like gay panic. It's like the gay panic thing. Watch an episode of Friends. Every episode has a gay panic joke like that, where it's like, you don't, the, the character doesn't want to be perceived as gay. And like, it was the one scene he was in jail and he's like, oh, this is, I think it was um, Henry Winkler. He's like, he's playing a character, obviously, but it's like, oh, this this is the lowest I can ever go. And then he looks at a guy and the guy kind of like gives him a cruising look. And he's like, oh, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. What I love is this movie came out in 95 and it didn't get better. It actually got worse. Like the mid 2000s was probably the height of like gay panic, like gay joke, like the Ryan Reynolds comedies of that time. But it was everything too. It was like, you know, bathphobic and all that. But it was for being from the era of like the early 2000s being like uh-huh. a preteen teen. Just throwing around, I never used bag. I could never, there was yeah. never, but like gay, just oh, saying, like, I, I, that's, I, gay. I, that's, I gay. that's gay, that's gay, that's gay. That was normal. That was just like, and that just, but like, it wasn't it was a weird even, thing. but it wasn't even like, it just became, it, it's like saying you suck. Like, it, you don't know what you're saying. You're just, you're using that term for something. You're not even saying something is like, like queer or like, anything. no, it would be just, I don't think I ever used it in like, hey, you like men. It was more just right. like, hey, that's weird that's yeah it it became another word for weird or bad yeah yeah well what they were talking about is more like pointed (laughs) more like like you wear what was the one movie where he was like teaching him how to walk because he walked too yeah yeah yeah. and then the guy looked like he was walking with like a dick up his ass (laughs) (laughs) well it's not gay walk like this well, it's that stupidity of like just be how you are like yeah. how you walk is not gonna say how, what you like sexually like jesus christ and even if it does who cares i don't know if i've said this but there's one time when i was like 10 and i was with my brother at a restaurant and i i was talking and i just like limped my wrist without even thinking about it and he like freaked out at me I'm like okay (laughs) like even if I was straight I would have done this like I'm not doing this because I'm gay but also who cares if I'm gay you know but just that stupid like bullshit and then I guess to wrap up what this film was about it seemed like the last I don't know 20 30 minutes it was more about like lesbian representation in film and how it's more accepted mainstream yeah which did feel like from a straight person's perspective even just like for my family and just being around them that like seeing two girls kiss or whatever was never a big deal it was just accepted just I mean it is what it is it's patriarchal misogyny because it's you know if two girls are kissing then a straight guy can get off to it also like but I think like they mention it I think people think it's also just a phase or like being gay is not too. a phase, but being, they just kiss Lesbian, for fun. Yeah. They're not actually lesbians. Yeah. yeah. They're not actually gay. No, just, a, yeah. just having fun experimenting. It is, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. But also I think a lot of too is just anything that's feminine is frowned upon and gay men are considered feminine for some reason, which again, I don't understand that. I mean, I, watch two guys fuck. It's not feminine. Like there's nothing feminine about it. So I don't understand that stereotype, but okay but uh but yeah i mean your ex was the least feminine he was more manly than me by a lot so. <laughs> yeah he was yeah <laughs> so yeah all right um 
there's a little bit too much Tom Hanks at the end for me. I kind of skipped through the Tom Hanks parts. I also started fast forwarding. So I'm like, okay, I don't. <sighs> yeah. I don't care about Tom Hanks's views on. And usually I don't fast forward through any of these things, but I was like, eh. oh, did I you... knew I was towards the end and I'm like, okay, this is just talking about, it seemed like a plug yeah. for Philadelphia. Yeah. Cause it had just come out. Um, did you see they showed a scene from Cabaret with Liza Minnelli and the actor from Austin Powers who plays Basil? Yes. All I could think of is, oh, it's Basil. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so let's grade it, Dallas. So I don't think I can give it an A+, plus, but I am going to no. give it a, an A. I think it's an A for documentary. I think it's... It's a documentary, sure. Yeah. I kind of want to go A-, minus though, because... That's fine. I'll... We have four documentaries. We can go A-. minus. All right. A-, minus, and then... I'm going to try to end up with a quote from the movie. And I wanted to do a quote from like one of the people being interviewed because the other clips were actual movies. And this was one of the women, I forget who she was, but the quote is, I'm a big pervert and I'm so happy about it. That was the quote. Hey, Dales, come on, hurry up. End how we're supposed to end. And as always, I have three words for you. I can't quit you. Gay Film 101 is a part of the Unlikely Alliance Network. Links to all of our content can be found by going to theunlikelyalliance.com. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. And thank you for listening.